it's been said in a previous episode of the show that uh, a lot of the jobs that are opening in Web3 are pretty similar to Web2, but they just slap Web3 on it, right? And it's just like, oh, it's just branded slightly differently, right? But it's all effectively the same skills at the end of the day. Even though the bear market's going on, there's still some really awesome startups getting funding. Um, I mean, one of these um, game studio, Roboto Games, looks like A16 led a $15 million round during this wild time. Recruiting ish. Web three. Web three. World class podcast. Let's get it. Let's go. The topics of discussion you cannot get from another. Opportunities in Web three. We got you covered. Meta intro. Been dope. Gotta thank you for the love and support that you give it. Keep it coming. Web three. We going up in jazz fees and the views with the crews making moves. Let's see. It's a brand new world of NFTs. Join in recruiting ish podcast. Yes, please. Join in recruiting ish podcast. Yes, please. All right, welcome back to the Recruiting Niche Podcast. If you're new here, welcome. Happy to have you. Uh, be sure to like and subscribe on all of our major podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. Definitely check us out on TikTok and YouTube Shorts for all of our snippets of our video content, clips from the show. Um, like, subscribe, engage with us. We definitely want some feedback. Definitely want to hear about what you would like to hear in the pod. Coming to you on Monday, December 5th, 2022. I've got three awesome guests with me. This episode is going to be a little bit different from the first three where we were talking to recruiters, talking about their specific companies and roles. Today's episode is solely dedicated to talking about the craziness in the world of Web3 and how that affects hiring and some of the folks looking for new roles. My name is Alex. I'm your crypto recruiter. You can find me on LinkedIn at Crypto Carter or on Twitter at Satoshi CPA. Uh, with me, of course, my co-host, Lacey Kay. CEO and co-founder of Meta Intro, professional resume wallet for Web3. Uh, when she's not helping run day-to-day -day operations, you can catch her constantly in the Discord, up all night sometimes, responding back to people. Definitely give her a shout. Next, I have with me Brad Larson, CTO and co-founder as well, Meta Intro, Lacey's co-founder, who is focusing on all things tech and dev for the team at Meta Intro, Previous to this, helped also launch a startup with her that they exited, now focusing on all things Web3. Third member of the Meta Intro team, I've truly got all the leadership here, is Nick Calabro, head of growth for Meta Intro. Probably seen him on our Discord, seen him on our TikToks. Um, definitely happy to have him and excited to talk about today's topics. I think first and foremost, everyone's probably heard, we're all talking about it. The FTX saga continues. Um, What's your guys' thoughts? I mean, it's a lot to unpack, but um, yeah, let's let's start with FTX. Yeah, I think the maybe the most interesting piece that we're going to see fall out of this is how regulators view this. And I know Lacey and I have you know focused on this a little bit of like how are NFTs regulated? Obviously, how are crypto assets regulated? Um, it's hard right now to get capital into the crypto ecosystem to just transfer your base USD into ETH, into BTC, into whatever, you know, cryptocurrency you're looking for. And this potentially could have an impact of making it harder, which is one of the key pieces that we're trying to drive in the Web3 crypto industry is how do I make it more accessible for everybody? How do I make these pieces of technology more useful to your everyday users? And how regulators, and I don't know if you listen to any of these long form uh, congressional talks and they have some questions and uh, the answers, the Q&A, the back and forth 
it can be eye-opening to their understanding of some of these technical pieces. So uh, for me, that's what I'm really going to be, you know, focused on is how does regulation fit into the segment? We obviously don't want another FTX to happen in the industry. It's been such a black eye over the next couple of weeks. It will continue to be. Um, so that's what I'm looking at. Um, interested to hear everybody else's thoughts. It's really not only the, um, I, I mean, the regulation, I, I, I love to consider, I love to think back to uh, the Bernie Madoff debacle. Um, the, the parallels in it, to me at least, are, it's, it's almost crazy. Like when you look back, it's like, how could we not have seen it coming? It's almost exactly the same story, obviously on a much, much larger scale. My initial reaction uh, to, uh, to, to your kind of worrying about the uh, regulations, Brad, is like, it's not like after Madoff, like this whole thing stopped working, right? And so that's like my optimistic take. But then I think if you take another step back and you do see the scale of which like this actually occurred, um, I mean, SBF makes Madoff look like uh, like he was just playing, like taking uh, like a baby's candy, like at a, at a, in a playpen. You know what I mean? The, the scale is like the only thing that I'm mostly worried about. And then, you know, you also figure the amount of like fake money that was pouring around. Uh, nobody knew it was actually valuable because when you have fake money, of course, that doesn't have production tied to it. You have no idea what's actually working or what's not. So then that also to kind of bring it around to uh, hiring, how many people were getting hired based on a non-existing merit, right? Based on like this fake value that was created out of nowhere. Um, it's, it's obviously going to have like a couple different domino effects in the industry. Um, I tend to lean on the optimistic side. Um, but yeah, I mean, those are some of my kind of initial thoughts as far as, again, my main thing is like things did not shut down in 2008 and I don't think things are going to still, I don't think things are going to shut down now. I think we're going to be all right, but yeah, it's just a weird moment in time. Yeah. You're seeing, uh, I was looking at the layoffs. Uh, it's a cool site. I, uh, follow every once in a while layoffs.fyi. It shows all tech layoffs, um, within the industry. And, you know, you're continuing to have them roll in today. We obviously had Jerome Powell speak a couple hours ago. Uh, I listened in to a few bits of it. And, you know, he's talking about he, we need demand uh, to, to, to match the supply when it comes to jobs. And so he is actively continuing. It's, it, it, it's so funny that interest rates are you know, heavily, heavily correlated with the job market. Um, and obviously, tech being a risk on uh, asset, we're typically, you know, the first to be affected by something like interest rates. And uh, you're seeing it. Uh, and I, I'm not going to make a prediction on, you know, where, uh, you know, the bottom is, uh, whether it be in the crypto industry, whether it be in equities, uh, or the peak in, in interest rates. Um, but you look at this unwinding of a lot of these tech jobs, um, most of them, you know, you got a, a crack in today laying off 1100, 30% of their, their workforce. Um, that's a big, that's a big chunk, you know, for, uh, a crypto player, if you will. A lot of the other crypto players, excuse me, uh, web 2.0 tech companies have been the ones. It'll be interesting to see where those jobs kind of, uh, go. Do they, do they start to trickle into web three? Um, and maybe I'll kick, kick that back to you. You know, Alex, have you seen, anything change from this FTX fallout of the last yeah, couple of weeks in terms of hiring uh, or, you know, obviously it takes some time to get 
a job posted to get, you know, the funnel filled? Um, have you seen any change, you know, in terms of that within the industry? Yeah, I, I think everybody's a little hesitant right now on hiring. I mean, it started, you know, the Coinbase and Gemini layoffs in June were huge and we thought that was the end of it and maybe there wouldn't be more, but I mean, every really day since then, there's been another Web2 or Web3 company laying off huge chunks of folks. I think they're looking to right-size their teams to get through the winter, but the sentiment is we don't know how long this is going to last. So I think they're taking a, a lot bigger of cuts than maybe we we expected. Um, and then I think, you know, the fallout, it's, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, a lot of these crypto exchanges and companies and VCs had venture arms that all participated in each other's rounds. We don't know what a lot of that runway looks like. I mean, startups for the most part, you know, I, I think have some shield being a private company, but you never really know. And I think we might start to see some downsizing in some of the, the smaller Web3 companies too. Um, I mean, talking to candidates affected by the layoffs, it's it's a really tough time. I mean, if you were working at a Coinbase or a Kraken a year ago, you could probably go anywhere in Web3 and really command your price and get a good role. But where do you go when all of the major players stop hiring and are frozen for 2023? I think the the downside effect is there's probably going to be a lot of people that just walk away from Web3 and crypto and they have to go somewhere else just because there is no safe boat right now. But I mean, from the Discord, there's still jobs. Like Lacey said, I mean, some teams are doubling down on it, right? Like they're coming through and saying, we want that talent. We want to bring them in. Um, but I guess, have you guys seen any feedback from candidates having trouble maybe getting past that? And it might just be a post and pray situation. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the companies right now in our Discord that have the highest amount of open vacancies. Um, Binance, Circle, definitely. Up until today, Kraken, that would have been my third uh, company to list. Um, we're seeing a lot of uh, Web2 companies still making that first hire in Web3. So like Adidas has uh, some jobs. Uh, who else? There's a ton. I was going to say one you didn't mention meta intro, you know, and, uh, not a, <laughs> not a shameful shill at all here. You know, we're obviously hiring, uh, you know, Alex, I think you hit on a really interesting point on that web. Maybe people leave, you know, web three, you know, right now. And I think if I were to, you know, give maybe a title to this, to this pod or this conversation, it's, it is a little bit of a staring contest in the industry right now. And what I mean by that is you've got these Web3 individuals that could have potentially been here for, they could have been crypto OGs, uh, and they've been leading this charge for two to three years of everybody kind of either looking at them like this was a joke and now being proven correct. And you've had these Web2.0 people that have been now on a 15, 20-year run uh, that are now really getting all of these different layoffs coming in. And it's a staring contest of is web web three, the next you know frontier. Do I have as a candidate, do I have the skill set to go and get this job? Do I want to invest to get the skill set to get this job? And so I think that staring contest is going to be interesting as it plays out of, like you just said, people are making their winter plans, their winter hires. They're planning obviously for Q1. How does the skill sets that the market needs 
and these teams, because inevitably what happens, uh, I have a friend that I was talking to the other day, works at a bank company. And uh, as soon as they laid off, uh, for them, it was 18% of their workforce. What happens inevitably after all of these layoffs? They go into a restructuring and they start looking at all these plans and all the things that are going in to their plans for not only this year, but, you know, multi-year plans and whatnot. And what usually happens out of that is innovation and good things because you've got the best players, uh, you've got uh, you've got a you know a, a, a demand from management to, to to hit some marks, and I see it as uh, that's why they say people build in bear markets is uh, that's where the innovation happens. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see how what tools people utilize to make that journey from web two to web three. Uh, of course, all of us here believe deeply in web three. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm super interested to, to, to see how that, uh, how that kind of plays out. I kind of wonder if um, web two, web three is almost like homogenizing as a result of this, right? I mean, we, we've, it's been said in a previous episode of the show that, uh, a lot of the jobs that are opening in Web3 are pretty similar to Web2, but they just slap Web3 on it, right? And it's just like, oh, it's just branded slightly differently, right? But it's all effectively the same skills at the end of the day. And I mean, it's interesting because, I mean, Brad, like you mentioned, why is Meta Intro hiring and yet Apple has paused hiring for the next year? I mean, what what the heck is happening there? And I guess a couple of things, right? One, Apple's not going zero to one the same way that Meta Intro has the potential to right now, right? So money's going to flow in one direction where money is just stagnant in another. And it's all it's important for, if I was looking for a job right now, it's important to kind of see which organizations have that potential and which ones are kind of just chilling. And I, I mean, in the case of in the case of like Apple, I mean, in the case of uh, uh, Facebook or, or Meta uh, firing over 10,000 people, right? I mean, why are these, I would say, why are they firing everybody? Why do they have these massive layoffs? And it's because, I mean, we have the data directly in front of us. Go on CoinGecko, go on uh, Yahoo Finance. You can see these charts that are going down, right? Like we're working in an industry that has had its market, its entire market cap slashed like a whole two thirds, right? Like in the last nine, 18 months or whatever. And so, and then you also look at Meta, right? Also a chart that's going down. So clearly the market does not feel that certain organizations should be able to even hire, right? And so if, if you're out there looking for a job right now, look at organizations that are getting funded, look at where new money is going into, right? And I think, I mean, those are the signals because ultimately, what, iPhones are uh, le less produced, right? That They're uh, slowing down production. Well, what's that telling you? Um, meanwhile, you go on any, uh, I mean, hell, there's data out there that shows a ton of activity and a ton of volume in things that are not iPhones, right? And I think, I mean, Meta Intro is a good example, right? The the, the market here is super ripe, uh, actual value being spitted out every single day, real problems being solved. And that's not something that a lot of other organizations can even say right now. And especially if you talk about FTX, when not only was it uh, not valuable, but it was fake value to begin with, which just tarnished everything as well. Um, I, I can go on a whole rant here, guys, but uh, I mean, those are some of the some thoughts as far as like, I, I really want to, you know, speak to the job seeker for a second and just having some of that industry knowledge and just understanding, you know, where is the money flowing? That's where money is going to flow back into getting hired. Right. And I mean, it's it, it's huge because 
you know, all these antiquated organizations, even if they are hiring, I mean, exhibit A right here is that Kraken was just hiring yesterday and now they're not, yeah. right? Like what the heck happened in like 18 hours that like changed everything. And as a job seeker, I mean, it's critical to, to, uh, to kind of have your finger on that pulse. Yeah, yeah. I might circle it back to, you know, back to FTX. And I got a question for the panel here in terms of what is everybody's thoughts on how this decentralization um, conversation, specifically around FTX, which is a centralized exchange versus you have, you know, some DEXs like a Uniswap. They've been in the news a little bit for tracking uh, and things like that. How do you feel that that parlays into hiring and in the Web3 space? And is that, you know, as important? Is it more important? Maybe some thoughts, you know, from, from everybody on that you know topic. I mean, there's there's a few pieces with that. I mean, I think like that, the, the sentiment I'm seeing and, and maybe I'll, if I can find a tweet, we'll post it is like, you know, crypto isn't just FTX, right? And DeFi is not FTX. Like we need to draw the separations between the bad actor and the bad player, which is FTX and some of these other projects that are getting hit by kind of the bad PR and the bad rap of, of one or a few at this, this org. And I think for hiring, you know, companies are going to have to really differentiate themselves. And, you know, even to the crypto native, um, and especially to people coming into crypto, yeah, people are going to ask you, what's your exposure to FTX or things like Genesis? Or do you have proof of reserves and different things like that? I feel like it's going to bring a lot of good questions that people are going to become better job seekers and better question askers. Um, but again, it's on the projects, right? I think the projects right now, have a stellar opportunity to pull ahead if you are one that's ran well and capitalized and a trustworthy source. Um, but you got to continue that. You got to make sure as you hire, you hire the right people and you don't hire bad actors. So it is, it's kind of a catch 22 as if, you know, you're a job seeker, ask more questions, but if you're a hiring manager, you probably got to dig in a little bit more on skill sets too. But um, yeah. You know, next week we have finance coming on. That's right. Super we can definitely ask them that question too, right? Like, what are you guys, how do you guys see this? Yeah. Yeah, um, because they have a ton of job openings right now. And I'm curious what they're seeing in the market in terms of the talent that's coming in. Are they more experienced candidates? Are they less experienced candidates? Where in the world are they coming from? Um, are they coming from the big companies? Are they just making their career transition into Web3 and they're just super bullish despite what's going on in the market? Uh, I'm curious to see what the hiring manager says. I think it's a lot of the latter, Lacey. Um, I, I know you've looked at, you know, probably upwards of a thousand resumes this month alone. Uh, I've been the same. Um, everybody here probably has looked at a bunch. And I think that that, that is the majority of the market is... Um, individuals with these web 2.0 resumes that are trying to put a square peg in a round hole uh, into web three uh, and you're not seeing, you know, these, these web three um, experienced individuals going on to the market, you know, right now. And so maybe that's a, a great takeaway for everybody here in the, um, you know, listen to this podcast is put yourselves in the shoes of a hiring manager what skills, what are your top skills that you can offer as you transition into this, you know, Web3 world? 
uh, everybody, uh, there's maybe, maybe there is, you know, a little bit of the younger generation where web three was their first introduction to tech, but a lot of us have come from web 2.0. And so everybody's been new at some point. And there are a lot of skills from web 2.0 that are super, super helpful in web three, but really think about, Hey, what, you know, what can I offer to, you know, this, 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 this JD, this, uh, you know, company, this specific project, because I guarantee you, if you highlight those, those couple of things, uh, there's probably some opportunities for, uh, really continuing that conversation and getting, getting the hiring manager to know you a little bit more. Uh, which is ultimately what you're trying to do, you know, and, and make that connection, make that culture fit, you know, with the role. Um, and it's usually benefits both individuals. On the flip side of that coin, you've got, uh, there could be things that you know from web 2.0 days that you have to almost unlearn and kind of like retrain using like this new incentive structures have swapped in a lot of different ways, right? So things are just naturally different, which is, I mean, of course, if you're not adapting, then what the heck are you doing anyway? But, you know, it's something to kind of keep in mind. Brad, here, I have a quick question for you. You mentioned um, the kind of centralization for versus decentralization. Um, do you think, like, job seekers are aware of that difference, right? Like, if I'm looking for if I'm looking for a crypto job, right, like, what does that mean? That could be anything from, like, Uniswap or Kraken, two totally different organizations is that anything that we should like be aware of or almost uh what are your thoughts on that yeah um i think we're at a we're definitely at a fork in the road right now uh it's going to take a little bit of time to get down that path of because of this pain that we're going through with the ftx the block by you know maybe a genesis um because it almost makes me wonder that like FTX happened so that we know now that centralization is yeah. not good. Yeah. Right? And, and like it's doing its job if that's the case. I mean, it's very, very unfortunate, but it's almost had to happen in a way. A hundred percent. I mean, uh, it's, you know, you look at the too big to fail and I don't know, like, you know, have we learned anything from the 08 housing crisis? If you will, people still put their money in banks, you know, are we, you know, layering, you know, lending, you know, and leveraged, you know, a housing market. No, but if you look at it, the movie's going to be absolutely phenomenal when we get to it. Like, I can't wait. Maybe we'll end with a fund of like who we see is going to be cast in this movie. It is going to be fantastic. There are so many similarities to the 08, you know, uh, crisis of a lot of this was leverage. It was, and it, as soon as a couple bad leverage trades happened, as soon as you saw that this, all of this liquidity was not actually there, it just, you know, obviously tumbled down. And so I think we're definitely still those 10 minutes after a car crash where you're just in shock and you're, you know, you know, maybe the paramedics are asking your name and, you know, you're, you're assessing damage and things like that. Um, we're we're definitely in that shock state, but I we're definitely going to be an educator of Meta Intro as that's you know core to our business, core to our Discord, um, and it will take other entities like ourselves to educate users on what is the difference difference between a, a CEX and a DEX. What is the difference between you know some of these large players that offer leverage trading versus just you know hodling? Uh, all of those different things are going to definitely be needed to and even deeper like you know i was listening to you know somebody talk about 
they lost some money in BlockFi. It was, you know, a couple thousand bucks. And they said, I, ha- I had USDC and I, you know, they were offering 9% AP- APY. And I said, you know, there's, you know, I, I, it's basically my bet against inflation. And when you, you kind of do the math there, you understand their reasoning. But then if you were to look deeper and go, well, where is that 9% coming from? You know, how is that money, you know, being, you know, given back? And that's where it's just like the entire industry uh, really needs to have its, you know, eyes and ears, you know, open wide um, and learning. You know, that's, that, that, that's really what I, I, I encourage, you know, literally everybody to kind of do is, is learning. And so I think you're right, Nick. I think we're going to see over the next, I think it's going to take 12 months. I really do. I think over the next 12 months, it's going to be a huge education, you know, point, uh, for the industry as a whole. Um, I'm definitely, you know, of the, you know, cut from the cloth of crypto is not going anywhere. Uh, if anything, you know, crypto is dead is what the most exciting thing that I've heard in, you know, nine months, mm-hmm. because that's usually marks the, you know, the bottom of a bear market, uh, if you will, in crypto. So starting to hear some of those things is exciting. Uh, but it's definitely going to take a new approach uh, to educating users uh, and individuals because, you know, people are going to start to have their entire net worth in cryptocurrencies, you know, over time. And people want, I mean, my goodness, you want to feel secure, you know, and that your financial, you know, freedom is, is, you know, in a, in, in a place that you, you know, know is, is, uh, is not going to be poof and be gone tomorrow, either from, CEX going under or, you know, a bad actor or whatnot. So um, it's ripe for opportunities if I can uh, summarize it. I call dibs on casting the role. Brad. You guys do have some casting experience. Yeah. That's what so what are the two other headlines that we wanted to cover this week? So it looks like, I mean, speaking of kind of the, the web two companies making four ways into web three, looks like Porsche is launching its first NFT collection. Um, looks like they're doing a 7,500 piece NFT uh, collection based on the classic 911. So it looks like, you know, each one is kind of a concept car, different colors, different lights. I mean, definitely some cool pieces. Um, and then also it looks like you can all kind of edit them you know, make your own custom NFTs afterwards. So, you know, I think that's a, a good entrance for them. And who knows, maybe it'll come with some other pieces. But I mean, yeah, huge name like Porsche, you know, I don't know, would you guys buy one? What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, it's it's great to see Web2 players, you know, come into the space. Um, it only increases that, you know, piece we were just talking about, which is education. Um, I want to dive you know, a little bit deeper into this. And I think what you really find in the best projects and the best, you know, NFT collections, which primarily, let's be honest, have been PFP collections, uh, over time. It's you get a front row seat to how hard is this team working? How engaged are they with the community? What pieces are they delivering? What does their roadmap look like? You know, all of these different things. And so I think with Porsche, I hope. I, you know, nobody's going to know. I hope that they put some, you know, time and thought ahead of this into saying, oh, it's not just a, whether it be a cash grab, whether it be uh, just a say 
and put the mark that we were in Web3. I hope that they have some real, real, you know, plans for um, the the uh, the buzzword utility. Uh, but uh, I I, uh, I think it's going to be interesting the way, uh, it, especially now as we're at the bottom of this market. You introduce an NFT. You know, we had some big players like Time Magazine, you know, put out their NFTs. Yeah, I think it was last summer. Maybe it was the summer before. Could be getting mixed. Yeah, I think it was the summer before. Uh, where are those going? What, 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 you know, other than if you, if it's just a piece of art and you're just going to kind of own it, um, how are these really going to evolve? Uh, and so, you know, maybe I'd, you know, expand upon that and ask, you know, everyone, uh, what's the most interesting NFT collection that you've kind of seen, uh, from a utility perspective? Um, or it doesn't even need to be live. It could be an idea that you, you would like to manifest out there into the industry as we're seeing these bigger, you know, web 2.0 players come in. What's something that you'd like to see out there in the market? I think my favorite NFT collection that had utility was probably Starbucks. That came out recently, right? Gated. I was about to say Starbucks. Yeah. Gated drinks throughout the year. I think that's such a great idea. And that's massive roll up. I mean, how many customers does Starbucks have? what percentage of that audience would want NFTs and want NFTs enough to also want whatever's gated behind it. So that for me is my favorite right now. I think Starbucks is like a perfect kind of comparison on this because <clears throat> you look at Porsche and I'm wondering, I'm not sure like the incentive behind it and everything like that until we kind of like dive in a little bit more. But if this is just marketing, then that says one thing. Whereas when you got a player like Starbucks, which they already have like what 30 40% of their volume is like through their rewards like this is this is a business move like it's a it's not something that they're just going to kind of forget about if it's not i mean we saw who was it uh, CNN right like they had their whole nft come out and then what was in like 6 months just totally dropped it everyone got their rug pulled from under them like i'm not going to say Porsche is going to do that but i can be much much more sure that Starbucks won't do that because it's actually a core element of their business you know which one was one that I saw uh, briefly and then Alex will let you jump in. Uh, I went to Halloween Horror Nights for Halloween and throughout the park they had ways to uh, capture your NFT kind of like Pokemon Go style and I swear they put the signs up in front of the places they wanted people to visit obviously right I mean that makes sense and so they're all in front of places where you could purchase something outside of it whether that was food um, cool like Halloween Horror Nights swag but beyond that night, um, with the utility, I'm not sure what the incentive was. I assume that if you collect all of them, you get access into something, you get a free drink here, um, maybe get like front of the line pass. But beyond that, maybe the utility was really just for that night. What did they have you like in a QR code and then you mint? Yeah, it was, and it was like this, so fast. And I think they had like 10 of them. And they're all cool. They're like, you know, universal themed, you know, scary movie themed. Yeah. You're on uh, brand loyalty, you know, and brand engagement. Um, do you think that some of those, you know, brands, like this is maybe a replacement of that brand loyalty type card? I, I, I've i been a user of my Starbucks Gold app, if you will, for 
I don't know, 15 you know, years now, it's been probably, you know, one of the first apps I download. It's easy. The, you know, the card reloads, if you will. If that was all based in cryptocurrency, which I'm sure they'll, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll move to here pretty quickly. Um, yeah, a hundred percent. Like that's where I'm, that's where I'm going to move. And it helps me see engagement. Um, we're humans. We like gathering. We're hunters and gatherers. We like gathering things. Uh, I see it being, you know, another, very, very great entry point for the crypto industry uh, into web, you know, or excuse me, web two, or just the general population into crypto and into web three. Um, loyalty. I like that. I haven't thought of that one. Yeah, no. And I, I think the loyalty space, right. It, it creates people almost may not know that that's an NFT. Like, I think those are going to be the projects that shine through, right? Like, we're not going to be calling it an NFT at some point. It's just going to be loyalty built on blockchain and, and NFT tech. So I, I think, like, the Web2 companies that can find that right balance of we can capture both crypto natives and also someone who has never touched an NFT, those are going to be the ones that shine and probably the ones that actually have the most utility because it's, it's true core to what they're doing versus creating these communities and experiences that, I mean, let's be honest, it's hard to keep up, right? Even Board Ape Yacht Club right now is in trouble. Where's the you know other side? Where's my ApeCoin thing? I mean, they're having trouble and they're one of the most blue chips. So like Web2 company, you got you to gotta stick to what you know, but bring the new technology in, I think. Costco has to be next on this list. I would get a Costco NFT membership card. So are you saying, oh, sure. are you saying, Lacey, that Karens are going to lead the Web3 crypto adoption? Is that, is that the he headline here? Check. That is the uh, name of the YouTube video and check back with me in a year. We'll see. <laughs> hey, it's, it's, it's cool. I mean, people like their points. Like, I mean, my goodness, there's entire, you know, websites dedicated to airline points. Like to think that these aren't going to be on chain at some point. Um, I, I traveled yesterday. Uh, I like traveling frontier just cause I like the bare minimum of, you know, what you need to fly. I don't need any of the entertainment and fancy stuff. And they were saying that they were launching a program that was, um, you can pool your family's points together now. And so now basically anybody that's, you know, within your family gets points. If you want to, you know, have your family come down. Uh, or you, you know, they want to pull their points to go up. And I was thinking, you know what, that's actually really interesting, especially around, you know, family gatherings. And, you know, what if, you know, you only travel one time a year for, for holidays or something like that. And it's just like, again, like what's a perfect use case for fast lightning, you know, sending ease of use, pulling them together, check out. This is why, you know, something like a, you know, your gold pass for, uh, frontier airlines or you know having those points on chain would make you know such an ease ease of use difference so um yeah interesting times in terms of web 2.0 companies coming into web 3. Yeah, let's see all right so third headline a little bit general i mean we've got an example even though the bear market's going on ftx collapse there's been some ripples i mean there's still some really awesome startups getting funding um i mean one of these um game studio roboto games looks like a 16 led a 15 million dollar round during this wild time um and again it, there's still funding going out um would love to hear from kind of the the founder group what's it like right now in the vc market 
Um, what conversations are you having? What questions are you being asked? Um, how have things changed in this year? Well, let me take this one first and on air, congratulate Lacey for making Forbes 30 for 30 yesterday in consumer tech. Uh, Amazing. Well done, Lacey. Yes. Congrats on that. That was exciting, obviously, for all of us. And Lacey was saying, it's amazing here. Uh, I've, I've been on the 30 for 30 list. I've all of a sudden got, you know, a few more people reaching out. And so um, Lacey and I have been on both sides of the aisle on interest level in, and we've, we've pitched Web3 and had zero interest. People just shuttering us away. And we've obviously had the flip side. We've turned away, you know, some investors as well. Um, I'll summarize this very, you know, easily for any founders out here. Listen to this. Stay true to what you believe in. The reason that you founded the company. Obviously, you're going to have to listen to feedback from the market. More than likely, a VC is probably not going to be that individual that's going to give you that feedback. They're more going to make a determination of, is this the right investment for them? Uh, is this the right investment for the future of their fund? As opposed to, is your idea a good one? Is it going to go the length? So um, not to quote Jim Cramer, there's always a bull market somewhere. There is definitely always going to be money out there and money that's going to be invested. Um, it's obviously easier uh, than than sometimes. But, you know, Alex, exactly what you you know, just said in terms of gaming, uh, which I think is going to have a huge impact on Web3 of there's millions and millions of gamers across the world. It really is a very, very, uh, the possibilities to introduce crypto and Web3 into gaming are countless. And so I think that that's one of those, you know, sectors where you're probably not going to see a slowdown, you know, in terms of the funding of those types of projects. And even more so, uh, in bear markets, uh, people tend to take, uh, watch their money, obviously, a little bit more closely. And so staying home on Friday night and gaming or playing, you know, something that's a little bit cheaper could be, you know, a, a more available form of entertainment for them. So it's finding those sectors and markets that are um, continuing to evolve, even within Web3. Um, and if that's not you build, because the next bull market, the next opportunity for, you know, some funding just might be, you know, right around the corner. And it just, it takes one news event to, to literally, you know, change that, you know, availability. Um, and Lacey's, you know, I know she's going to, you know, highlight that because that's obviously what's happened with us as well. I was, you're spot on with that in terms of it literally just takes one massive event, one one news article for it to spark VC uh, interest into the community. And right now, I feel like I'm seeing a lot of founder friends kind of stop. They're stopping and looking at what they're doing and what their business is doing. Some of them are even starting to pivot. Um, and I think those decisions are right now based on how much capital do I have in the bank? What's the what, what are my customers saying? Um, and where is where is the VC community going to start spending their money over the next six months? As a guess, but you know, no, no founder knows. Um, so just in terms of us personally, um, you know, there there is VC level interest coming in, and so you know, we're also in a good spot in terms of like we closed our round, you know, a few months ago, 
Um, and we have we raised enough capital to get us through this, but to get to get us through, you know, the next few months or years, however long it takes for the market to pick back up. Um, but building, heads down building. Um, right now, acquiring talent. You know, like we mentioned earlier on, earlier on in this podcast, um, we're hiring, and we're, we're you know we're out there looking for really talented individuals that still believe in in Web three, want to be a part of Web three. Um, and want to build cool shit. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I, I guess, do you guys think like during this time, does it feel more authentic from the VCs you're talking to? Like obviously in the bull market, checks were coming and going. You may not see the VCs that you're talking to. Do these feel like more authentic, like beneficial partners versus yeah. maybe even a year ago? Yeah, I, I you know, let me say something first, Brad, and then uh, you can hop in with your opinion on it. I feel like it'll be similar in the sense where, you know, six months ago, you had two, you had a few types of VCs. You had one VC that was, you know, very bullish on Web3. No matter what's going on in the market, they are there to fund Web3. Then you get another type of investor that's kind of like a FOMO investor, you know, where they're just investing because everybody else is investing. Um, and they're not necessarily going to lead, but there's a lot of FOMO investors in the market, especially when a market has a ton of hype behind it. And it's really tough as a founder because it takes up your time. You know, it, the, and that's, that's tough, especially when you're fundraising, like time is of the essence. And so when you have people on your calendar that are only investing because their friends are investing and because crypto Twitter says to invest, it's, uh, it's frustrating. And then you have the generalists, um, you know, the generalist VCs who... You know, like leave in, you know, good tech at the end of the day. You know, they listen to the market, but they're not specifically in Web3. And so right now, I feel like the people that have, you know, reached out to us over the past few weeks, those are the true VC investors. They already have a ton of companies that they've backed, a ton have been successful, some have failed, but like they're in the market. And maybe, you know, this is their second or third cycle within the market. Um, and so, you know, TBD over the next few months of like how those VC meetings start to pan out if we start to see kind of the mix come back in or if I end up only talking to like VCs that are bullish on Web3 no matter what. So we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. I think exactly what you said. There's There, there really is two types of investors. You could probably break it down to even more, but those are the two largest buckets. Um, early stage investing, you know, where we're at in our seed, uh, pre-seed, you know, uh, friends and family, uh, A, those types of areas, they tend to be unaffected uh, too much by bear markets. I think the valuations is what shifts, you know, a, a little bit. Uh, but if you're going to be at early stage tech, a high majority of the common thing, pretty much everybody knows this, a third of the companies are going to just flat out fail. They're going to go to zero. A third might have an exit of some you know sort. Maybe you as a VC get your money back. And then a third you'll make some money on. And that typically is going to be unaffected, you know, based on where the market is, just because uh, there is such a high failure rate, you know, for startups, you know, if you will. Um, I think it's it's a great time uh, to, to be out there into the market talking to VCs, because exactly what Lacey said, you're getting people that are, um, if you find one right now, they're going to really want to build alongside you. And I would say not only that, but they're also going to, they give you confidence almost even in the way that they 
are vetting you and the way that they're going through your idea, the way that you're going through your business, um, how they're setting you up for success. And, you know, I'll give a shout out to, you know, Drew Adventures, who was incredible with us, you know, in our fundraising process of not only helping us, uh, even before they, you know, uh, put in a check. And it's those types of investors that really give you the confidence to go out and be a little bit more bold uh, because they, you know, went through and, you know, really did the due diligence properly and, you know, also aligned with their thinking of the industry uh, and how they view, you know, Web3 evolving. And there was a lot of, you know, nodding, if you will, in a lot of our meetings together. Uh, and that was obviously, you know, a huge catalyst for us going and then raising, you know, our, our next round and having us, you know, set up to build this resume wallet and create a monster. That's the goal. That's awesome. Well, if, if you're listening and you're a founder, keep building. It sounds like don't lose sight of that goal. There's the right partner out there for you. If you're hiring, keep going, right? There's tons of talent. And then if you're a job seeker, don't leave Web3. You're, uh, you're, you're going to hang in there. And once you stick through it, it's, it sounds like it's going to be successful. We can make it through, which we will. But, well, thank you, everybody, for joining. Um, Brad, Nick, and Lacey, of course, thank you for being here. Um, if you're listening, like I said, make sure to like, subscribe, engage with us on all major platforms. Check out the Meta Intro Discord. Give us a shout. Look forward to seeing you next week.